podcast greater than yourself. Okay, welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. I'm John Barleycorn. And I am Fred. And this is the final episode of season one. The season finale. <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert, it will be a cliffhanger episode. No, no, it won't. I was like, oh, it is? <laughs> <laughs> even news to you. So I didn't even know that. <laughs> this, this week we sat down with our friend Flo to talk about step two. Got into, as we do, tons of other topics. Uh, but I feel like she brought a whole lot of awesome stuff to the table with step two. When I'm in a meeting with her and I see her little hand icon go up, I'm like, all right, we're about to hear some real shit right now. And and, and I think that's one thing I really like about her is that she doesn't just quote the book or like say all the the stuff and tick all the boxes she really brings her you can hear her in her shares yeah um and that's what i think we got today too is like um just a, a lot of her which is um which is great we'd love to hear what you have to say about it and about any episode on our season so drop us a review please and a rating in whatever format you're listening in and drop us a line through email podcast greater than yourself at gmail.com or look us up on Instagram. Same same name. <laughs> we didn't change the name for Instagram. That would have been confusing. <laughs> Alright, so uh, enjoy the episode and we will see you next season. We'll miss you. Do you wanna you said you had you wanna share do you wanna share your screen so you can bring your PowerPoint up? <laughs> yes. I have like fifty slides. Is that okay? It's perfect. <laughs> it's our first it's our first interactive podcast. I love it. <laughs> let me get let me get the whiteboard up here real quick so yeah page 44 um at the very bottom if a mere code of morals or better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism many of us would have recovered long ago but we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us no matter how much we tried we could wish to be moral we could wish to be philosophically comforted in fact we could will these things with all our might but the needed power wasn't there. Our human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient. They failed utterly. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Mm-hmm. And um, the, you know, the thing that, why I chose that is because the thing that I had to understand about myself is that no matter what I, all the morals and all those things that I had, all the beliefs that I had, like, I literally have no power to live up to them, right? I can't do the wrong, I can't do the right thing if the wrong thing is going to get me what I want. Mm -hmm. And I can I can be so driven by fear or whatever that um, I just I literally don't have the power to choose anymore. Like I can literally be seeing myself like about to burn my life to the ground, but I just can't stop myself. I can even be thinking this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. But I still have this other thought that's like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to give you exactly what you want. And yeah. I, I can't stop myself. Um, and so I have to realize that I... I have no power if I'm going to seek a power, right? Step two says we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So if I believe that, I have to believe two things. One, that I'm powerless, and two, that I'm insane. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> otherwise, why am I going to seek the power, right? Yeah. There's so many... I've heard so many powerful shares in kind of like the group that we kind of run around with now in 
cyber world or whatever mm-hmm. um on this bottom where you know it starts on the bottom of that page 44 obviously page 44 there's this huge thing that starts off the chapter you know the qualifying questions in the first paragraph yes um but that bottom paragraph like every time i hear that i think about times when i wasn't even really outwardly like to other people struggling with alcohol but i was profoundly lacking a power to live successfully to live yes. comfortably to live happily at all and so i scrambled for like uh, philosophies and sometimes religion just different outlets to like get some sense of inward stability and like a sense of purpose and one of the one of the things that always comes to mind when i hear someone read that paragraph and share on stuff like that is is like uh, oh i'm gonna become a japanese buddhist which i did and um you know i got this <laughs> like you, know, you became like this, you became japanese yeah i'm <laughs> It's a long story. So I, you know, I get like this Japanese scroll in my house and they do this enshrinement ceremony and all this stuff. And they're like, you know, all these people chanting in Japanese. And I'm like, and I'm finding myself like faltering on this practice and feeling like I can't live up to this thing that like, I'm, I'm just like, no one made me do this. I chose to do this. Cause I, I, I like this groovy feeling I get when I'm chanting in Japanese, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like a, f- a few weeks, a month into it, like there's, there's no stability. There's no power flowing in. I'm just like, now I'm getting high and chanting in Japanese, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I'm the same fucking dude. Like I have no ability to control my emotions, to control like my reaction to people and things to, to live successfully at all. And so like, to me, the big shift on 44 to 45, like, especially right where you stopped and you're reading is like, if, if I'm, if I'm convinced of step one, right. Then the cool shift that happens in three in the early sixties, where we look at like, what is the step three decision about? I think is a Mm -hmm. very similar shift here on page 45 where it's like lack of power is the problem here. So like I can look at this in the most binary sense. I either have the power to do this or I do not. That's the beginning of the, like the seed of the step two thing of like coming to believe or whatever, like you're talking about. But looking at my life, how many dozens of times am I like, I'm scrambling to try to fix my life and have some sense of purpose. And like every time is failing in one regard or another, you know, and exactly whether alcohol is involved or not. Yes. That's the thing, right? It's not, it's not even always just about alcohol, right? Because it says this book isn't about not drinking. This book is about finding that power, Mm -hmm. right? That's going to solve my problem. And I've tried to solve my problem with everything, like every type of spirituality, personal development, books, seminars, like all these things, right? And nothing's freaking working, like you were saying, right? And who would have ever thought that drinking would bring me to this program that would help me to finally solve my problem through this book that hooks me up with God, right? right. Like, 
like, like if you would have told me that first time I went and sat in an AA meeting that however many years later, I would be sitting here on a podcast talking about my most favorite thing is God, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I would have been like, you're fucking crazy because like, I didn't, I was like, I'm going, to, I just knew I was going to skirt around the God thing, right? Mm-hmm. We Agnostics mm-hmm. was the first chapter I read because I was convinced that it was going to show me, oh, well, you don't really have to believe in God, right? Like there, it was going to be a loophole in here. Um, and then I found out really the problem is me and my, my prejudice around the the conception of God that yep. someone conditioned me to right. believe in. And um, it's not about, you know, uh, what God is or isn't at this point in time. It's just, can I believe there's a power out there that might help? Do I believe that it helped my sponsor? Sure. Um, and so with that, I'll, I'll go forward. And um, then I, I did, I love the words come to believe because I did come to believe because I experienced this power, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you call it God, universe, spirit, whatever, right? I don't care. Um, but that power showed up in my life when I worked these steps, this simple program, mm-hmm. right? Um, it showed up and I did come to believe and that, that changed my freaking life. Hell yeah. Well, and I, I, I think your, your reading is, is spot on and, and, uh, and it, it goes exactly what you were just talking about, which is that idea that um, for me, at least that step two doesn't have to be that big of a deal, you know, yes. um, step two, when you're at step 12, means a lot more, I think, than it does when you're at step two, you know? Um, And, um, you know, the line, our human resources as marshaled by the will were not sufficient. They failed utterly. What a, just a beautiful sentence that is, first of all. I mean, it's so, it's so incredible. And, you know, like, I don't think if I had just read, if I was just reading this book, like, just going through it and just reading it by myself. I don't think that would jump out at me necessarily. But when you're, when I was working with a sponsor, we obviously spent a lot of time on this page specifically, um, you know, he really pointed out what that means and exactly what you were just saying, Flo, lack of power. And whenever something like that would pop up in the book, um, this is what my sponsor would do, this is what I would do or what I do is, you know, lack of power. That was our dilemma. I always point out, notice it doesn't say um, alcohol. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say um, learning how to drink correctly was our dilemma. Like not being able to drink only two drinks was our dilemma. That's not what it says, you know? And so when it says that the point of the book is to, um, is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. The, the problem is not somehow figuring out this drink thing or to what we were kind of talking about before. It's, it's not this problem of like, Oh, well, I just have to learn how to like, like not drink every day. I just have to figure out how to manage my own life. The, the only, um, thing that I have to do is to do this is to do the third step because it's not me that's going to solve the problem. Yeah. It's God that's going to solve the problem. Yes. Um, you know, cause I can't, the whole point of this is that I can't solve the problem. Yes. And so at this point I don't have to believe in God. I have to not believe in myself. <laughs> yes. Bingo. <laughs> right. I love that. I was in a meeting the other night and someone got so upset and rebutted my share because um, I was talking about God and they thought that because I said that, that I was um, indicating that there was no work to be done here, right? Mm -hmm. It's like God does for me what I can't do for myself. And that's where the miracles really come in because there's Mm -hmm. certain things that I can't do for myself. But guess what that means on the flip side of that? There are things that I have to do for myself, right? So there is some action that has to be done. There's a price that has to be paid. And so there's work that requires for me to be done because faith without works is dead. I can believe in God all day long, but if I don't do the work, nothing's going to happen, right? 
And so like, it's just one of these misconceptions that it's, it's one or the other, right? But no, it's a combination of me. Like, I like to think of it, me working with God, like we're co-creating this new life together. And, um, and that's because that keeps me in check of me doing anything and knowing that, you know, I still have work to do. I can't just depend on God to do everything. Yeah. Like, I think God's power is available to anyone, whether or not they're alcoholic or anybody yes. else. Um, I, I just think that to tap into the power the way that we're tapping into it, um, like something about, and it's not like, it's not like Alcoholics Anonymous has a, has this like um, stranglehold on this idea. I mean, obviously psychiatrists were talking about it back before they were doing it. You know, I mean, they all, t- you know, all the doctors in the book talk about how they, they understood that moral psychology was important. They just didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's something between the Oxford group and AA and everything else that just kind of clicked into place or whatever. But like, um, just like the idea of just going to church is not building the type of relationship that I need. Um, I need this other relationship where the power flows to me. And it's like, I don't think that, I think God offers that to anybody. And when it, like when I say God, I mean, here's the thing, the great, there's on this page that we just read on page 45, I have the word God circled and then align over to the margin because at this point I was so vehemently opposed to God that um, I couldn't even say the word God because I hated religion and it was all tied up in my head. And so I have written higher purpose. Mm. Because when I got sober, the closest I could get Mm -hmm. to God was this idea that if I serve something, power will flow. Yeah. One of the things that I often end up covering with people when we get to this place, um, so you're saying like, you were saying it's not... uh, you know, the issue, the issue isn't, you know, drinking. That's our dilemma. You know, it's also, it's not lack of belief either. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lack of power, you know, cause like, and we've talked before, yeah. um, somehow to, to me, it's baffling. I, it, to, to come to AA and be like, Oh yeah, I've got religion. <laughs> I'm hip to God. I love God. You know what I mean? Like that to me, it's, it's so foreign, but when I, when I sit with a sponsee who's like that, I'm like groovy brother. So we got to have kind of like a slightly different tint to the conversation where yeah. it's like, okay, so, um, really what, what we're getting at with page 45 is like, let's look at page 59, you know, step two, we came to believe. And then we look at step 11 and, and in, by the time we get to 11, we're seeking daily to improve our conscious connection with this right. power. So between 2 and 11, some big shit happens where mm-hmm. all of this stuff is cleared out and I am connected to something. So what we're talking about is not, hey, do you believe in Jesus or whatever? What we're talking about is, do you believe that there's some issue, lack of power, and that there's a power? Some kind of power. And you can take this course of action and get a relationship with that power, get a connection with that power, and and then you will have power in your life. And and when I if I ever hear you sitting in a meeting talking about how you're powerless over people, places, and things, and I'm just powerless today, and I'll always be powerless, then we need to have a discussion. Because I'm yes. confused. Because I watched you go through the steps. I saw power flow into your life. And, I, and I've seen things change for you. And... If nothing else, bare minimum, you get to step 11 and you've got those 10 step promises and you're not obsessing over alcohol anymore. How is that not a connection to a power, right? Mm -hmm. Power that you didn't have. 
Right. So I think I think it's equally important to just make that distinction because, you know, the chapter itself says like half of the people didn't have an issue with belief, right? And yet belief was not sufficient, right? Yeah. Because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about power, and it's two different things, you know. Yes. I love what you said about being powerless over people, places, and things, because if this is hooking me up with a power, like I'm empowered today, right? Like I don't have to be powerless mm-hmm. over these things because before all these things had power over me, yeah. right? The power to actually kill that we'll learn about later in the book, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but today, like I'm empowered because, you know, if um, if I find out through this through the later work, I find out all the problem is actually uh, my selfishness and self-centeredness. And I'm able through this work to get rid of that, right? Then um, it's empowering to know that the problem is me and not everybody else because I can't change everybody else, yeah. right? Um, but through this work and through God, like I will change. Like it will happen before I even know it. Like it'll happen automatically, like the book says. Like I don't, I don't consciously change myself. It's like it just happens. And all of a sudden people are like, what's different about you? You know what I mean? And it just, um, there's some work that has to be done, but it still happens automatically. And that's kind of what I think people don't quite get. Well, and I think exactly what you just said though, right? It's, um, there's, there's a bunch of work that has to be done, but, um, some of that work is done by me and some of that work is done by God. Bingo. And, I have to be able to delineate the two. And and this yeah. is where the rest of... Listen, I didn't come up with the recipe analogy, but I also just... Because I like to clear this shit up, you know, like um, I actually had never heard it. And then I started saying it at meetings. And then I said it at a meeting one time and somebody came up to me after like, oh, you listen to Joe and Charlie? And I was like, nope. And they were like, yeah, you do because you got that recipe analogy <laughs> from them. And I was like, no, it just, it just makes sense. Like, I don't... I'm sure it's... Some chance it could have been any of the other... Four million people in AA that I heard it no. from. <laughs> Could be. AA Could be. is just um is just extreme plagiarism. Yeah. And uh I Definitely. abide by the rule that you only have to give credit three times and then you can just use it for yourself. <laughs> so um I like that rule. Yeah, it's a good rule. Because otherwise we'd all just be like, Yeah, I heard this, you know, it's like just fucking say what you heard and just yeah. move on. But um, but yeah, so the the idea that like um my job is to put the fucking ingredients in the thing like in the pan or whatever the fuck. Right. But my job is not to bake the, the goods, right. My, I don't, mm. I don't have the power to bake something. That's the <laughs> oven's job. Right. Yes. And so my job is to do the steps as they're laid out, not more and not less. You know, I don't need to have a, you know, a therapy session with my sponsor because it's not mm. written in the fucking book. You know, it's like, and um, you know, a lot of the things that we hear in meetings, it's frustrating because I recognize that some of them are useful at some point in life or whatever. Mm. And a lot of them are useful. We've talked about it. Like a lot of them can be actually really useful once you've had a spiritual experience, you know, like a a lot of them actually could be something you could use, but to give it to the guy who has three days and Mm -hmm. is fucking wet and doesn't, you know, just it's worthless, you know? And the only thing we should be giving him are the next directions that we find in the book you know, and then we should get out of the fucking meddling of whatever it is. Like, cause it's not up to us to bake the cake. All it is up to us is to put those ingredients together in the order that we are instructed and then put that fucking thing in the oven and step away. Coming this fall to the food network, an all new cooking show where alcoholics prepare delicious and healthy meals. Tomorrow on the food network, David and Charles make a cob salad on Meeting makers make it. 
So what we're going to do here is we're going to get our iceberg lettuce. Uh, and um, yeah, I, iceberg. Uh, so so let me just check in here real quick. Um, yesterday was a real rough one for me. I guess it's just uh, my turn in the barrel, like they say. Um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm going to let you finish. We'll, no, we'll get we'll get back to it. Um, but uh, my neighbor's bowling partner's son. Uh, said something to me yesterday that really threw me in, in, just into a tailspin, emotionally speaking. Yeah. And I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm really just holding on to my ass right now, you know, and uh, I sacked up. I, I hear you. And, and I dragged myself t- to this meeting. Well, to this, you know, whatever we're doing. I hear you. Tune in to see if they finally make a meal on an all-new Meeting Makers Make It. Okay, so the first spot is um, on page 25, uh, about halfway down the first full paragraph there. Um, mm. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. You guys might have heard me actually kind of make this point the other night, but I had when I read that the other day, I recognized that the language in that sentence is so similar to the language in the second step. And the thing you were talking about, which is that if I don't come to believe in the hopelessness and futility, right? If I don't believe I'm powerless over alcohol and I'm mm-hmm. insane, your your words, if I haven't come to believe in that, then why the fuck do I need God? Yeah. Yep. I don't. I don't need God. And so at this point, if I get a sponsee here and they do not believe in the hopelessness and futility of their life, then my job should be to arm them with certain facts and walk them to the door. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not to instruct them to keep going to 90 and 90. That's not, you know, not to tell them to keep coming back, right? Their job is now to go out in the world and see if they can, if they're, if they can drink like a gentleman, it doesn't say if they can drink like a gentleman, we throw rotten eggs at them and curse them at meetings later in life. It says our hats are off to them. Mm-hmm. Good for you, dude. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. Cause if I could drink like a gentleman, I do it all fucking day long. <laughs> You know what I mean? Exactly, right? And I'd smoke meth with it, and yeah. it would be wonderful. <laughs> you know, um, that's one of the that's one of the AA goofs that I most <laughs> deeply relate to, and I'm just like, it's it's so because it's so it makes perfect sense to a drunk. I love it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, well, yeah, if I could just get I high like a normal person, casually, start at six thirty in the morning. I, yeah, I would do it from the moment I woke up till the moment I went to sleep. Oh, wait, that's not normal. <laughs> nope, that is not normal. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so we have to believe, and then, uh, we have to believe that the, sorry, we don't have to believe in, in God. We have to believe in the, in the hopelessness and futility of, of my own life. And then the, the second part of my reading is from right after your reading, but we're on page 47 and, uh, about halfway through the second paragraph where it says, as soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe we emphatically assure him that he is on his way mm-hmm. and so i love that because um it doesn't say you have to believe in god or that you have to believe that the power is there it just says that you are willing so um hey man like uh you see that it's worked in me right like you you re- you agree that i was where you're at but I'm, I'm obviously not there anymore and uh and you see that it worked in me like are you at least willing to believe that it worked in me that's enough mm-hmm. yes. how about um how about I absolutely don't think it will work. 
But if it works, I'll fucking say it worked and I'll give credit to where credit is due. I'll fucking take that as an answer. Like um, this makes me think of the line where it's like, God doesn't make too hard of terms for those who seek him. Mm-hmm. I feel like this part of the book, they have the door open so wide yeah. and they're just like, everybody come on in. We want everybody. And I feel like later in the book, they really start to close the door, um, especially when they start talking about what types of things you're going to have to do to access this power. You know, no one likes the self-searching, the leveling of pride, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I feel like they start to kind of like weed it out and narrow it down a little bit. But at this point, they're like, dude, all you got to do is say that if it happens, you're going to say it happened. That's all you have to do. And it, and then the word I love is emphatically, right? With force. Yeah. We assure this person that they're on the right fucking track, right? Awesome, bro. Like, f- that's all you got to do. That's it. Nothing else. You don't have to have a conception of God, right? You don't have to go write a fucking essay on what your higher power (laughs) is or go sit under a tree. Or I've heard people be like, and then my spot for the second step, my sponsor had me attend 25 different religious ceremonies so that I could find the things that I like or whatever bullshit. No, it says, Hey, do you believe in God? Yep. Fucking a you're, you're on the right track. Let's keep going. Yes. It hurts. It, it hurts to think about some of that stuff because I know it's like real. And the thing that came to mind when both of you were speaking about your readings that kind of tied those two together for me is like um, the the idea of just how exceedingly simple step two can and in, in, to my mind, reading the book needs to be for a new person because um, A, like if I'm if I'm if I'm trying to color their experience with my bullshit, then that's about me needing my experience and my ego to uh, affect change in someone's life, which I've already acknowledged. Like I can't I can't make myself believe and live by spiritual principles on my own power. So how is my power going to do that for somebody else? Um, and also just like cheating them out of their own unique, vital, spiritual experience. Mm. Um, and like B is like, I think that if they wanted us to like hang out in step two, that it, they would have not only made it a little bit more clear, but they wouldn't have gone so far in the opposite direction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right above what you read was, uh, Two hugely important things to me on 47 besides the, the one that you read. Top of the page, when therefore we speak to you about God, we mean your own conception. And a, that applies to like whatever we say in this book, spirit of the universe. When mm-hmm. we say broad highway, when we say heavenly father, like we are going to use those terms and we beg of you to just read that and be like, uh, I'm going to think whatever that means to me. I'm not going right. to think of this guy in robes with a beard in the sky or whatever these guys may be thinking of because they are explicitly telling me not to think that. They're explicitly mm-hmm. telling me, hey, this is a shorthand. This is poetic verbiage we're using. This is what we believe. Whatever you believe works. You know, They're explicitly saying that, which t- to me clues me in that like I don't need to have a fully formed concept if my concept can be anything it doesn't need to be something right Mm. and then further down at the top of the paragraph that you started on 
do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? That's so plain. Yeah. So basic. And it's like the furthest thing from 99% of two, of second step meetings that I attend where we're going to be like, uh, you know, I'm really stuck on two or, you know, or, or some guy pontificating about heady spiritual things or, or, or just whatever, you know, like worksheets mm-hmm. and essays and stuff. And it's just like this book called Alcoholics Anonymous, big, big hint that might be important to the Fellowship <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous. This book says we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Mm-hmm. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe there is a power greater than myself? A fucking steamboat is more powerful than me i mean like there's all kinds of things that are bigger powers than me right the sun i have nothing to do with that thing right i can't make plants grow the moon i can't make the the ocean move you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yes there is a power greater than me And, and like i think the biggest thing that i i look back on in my personal experience with step two is like Oh, it could have been way more simple than I made it. Absolutely. And I started from a mustard seed, but it could have yeah. been way, it could have literally been, do you think there's a power greater than yourself? Any power, any yep. kind of power, even the concept of a power possibly existing. Are you even willing? Mm-hmm. And you could go from there and then they tell us we can start there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it will grow over time, right? As we experience that power more, our conception of that power will grow and get more concrete. I know yeah. it did for me, right? Because in the beginning, like the only thing I, th- I thought that this power had anything to do with was my alcoholism. Right. I was still going to manage all the rest of my life. Thank you very much. And <laughs> I did not involve God in any of that. And, and that worked for a period of time. And, um, you know, I couldn't figure out why, you know, my life was still living on page 52. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was um, getting to this point, this jumping off place again, where I was like, I'm either about to go drink, or I'm going to get a new sponsor and get through this book again, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my sponsor was like, you know, you have these areas of agnosticism in your life. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. And she's like, well, you know, you've, you got God here and you're trusting God here, but all the rest of your life is over here, right? Now that God has kept you sober for so long, like it's time to start giving some other stuff to God, bringing God into other places of your life, right? Because God is everything or God is nothing, right? So that means I've got to give everything to God. And so um, when I finally got that, right? And I'm like, oh, so I literally bring everything to God, right? Like literally ask for guidance in everything from this Mm. power. And, my life is so easy and simple. This truly is easier, softer way because I am intuitively guided in all my areas of life when I allow it. But you know, it, it took some, some years and sobriety to truly get that. Mm. I love that because, um, I, I had the exact same experience where I got sober and, uh, you know, I was honestly, I was, I was probably for a little while there just like two stepping, you know, so I was just one in 12, you know, so it's just, I'm an alcoholic, so I have to help other alcoholics. And that, mm. I believe that's probably more than 75% of the people in AA do. So I was like, sure. shit, yeah. shit was working great, you know, <laughs> uh, wasn't worried about drinking. And my life was obviously getting better just from the absence of all this shit that goes around with. But at some point, like, um, same exact thing, you know, it's like, uh, uh, couldn't seem to be, um, 
useful in romantic relationships, couldn't mm-hmm. seem to get a hold of uh, mm-hmm. a career, couldn't seem to get my finances under control, my um, could, couldn't get a good um, body image. You know, I hear that a lot, like, uh, you know, from a lot of dudes in the program, um, you know, that I don't think want to talk about that out loud, but like, you know, we all have insecurities around how we look, you know, and, um, and I started giving God these little things, you know, and um, as you were talking, I wanted to, I want to interrupt you and be like, be like, yeah, but not, but not the money though. <laughs> exactly. Right. right? That was the last, like the last one. one. Yes. It's always the last one. <laughs> and, um, and I, I gave up money to God and now this thing happens where my, uh, my wife and I will have conversations around money. And I'm, my answer is always like, well, it's not up to us. The money's either going to show up or it's not. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? What does that even mean? <laughs> and that's what she said for like the first three or four times. But yeah, now she's seen it. You know, mm-hmm. we will be like, we're in this situation. We'll be like, I'll be like, babe, it's not about money. It's about you need to call your mom every week. You need to show up and be useful at work. You need to, you know, I'm not working her through the steps. I mean, yeah. she understands alcoholics and us, but I'm just saying like, all we need to do is show up and be the best people we can and pack as much as we can in the stream of life. And I promise you that money, if the thing is meant to happen, it's just going to roll into the account. It's just yes. going to happen. And now she's even like that to the point where sometimes I'll fall back and be like, <laughs> I'll get trippy about money. And she's like, babe, it's up to God. It's not up to us. The money's either going to show up or it's not, you know? And, yes. um, and the thing is, is that is a really interesting conversation for somebody who has a year or two years or three years who is working the program. But when you're, br- when I was brand new, you know, I heard this step and what I thought it meant was, is that I had to go out and find God. Mm-hmm. Mm. And what I like to tell guys now, new guys now, is that like, um, you don't have to find God because God's not lost. Uh-huh. Mm. Because God knows exactly where the fuck God is. You know, um, what you have to do is let God know that you're looking mm-hmm. and God will just show the fuck up. Yeah. You know, and, and that was my experience. As soon as I just said, yeah, bro, I'm fucking broken. And yes, clearly I'm sucking at the management of my life around drugs and alcohol. Yes, I would like some help, please. (laughs) Um, And they were like, cool. Are you willing to do this inventory thing? And I was like, yeah, all right, let's do that. As soon as I did that and I took my hands off the wheel and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do whatever you tell me because clearly your life is better than mine. Shit just started to change. You know, and it had nothing to do with becoming spiritual or religious. Mm -hmm. And yet today... I am one of the most spiritual people I know. Yep. But that shit happened to me. I did nothing to get it. Yes. You know, I still sometimes forget and I'm like, spirituality, I don't know. But then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm like literally (laughs) sitting in meditation in the morning for like 30 minutes. Like, and I'm like, well, that is kind of spiritual. Like, I'm like, I don't make a decision without running it by this power greater than myself. I'm like, well, I guess that is kind of living by a spiritual. I think it's because there's still like those prejudices of like what what my prior conception of spirituality was right yes you know i think of like some stinky dude like a white guy with dreadlocks you know (laughs) like (laughs) trying to trying to sell me like stepped on weed and in the hate or something you know yeah i'm just like i'll pass you know his name is like (laughs) phoenix or something yes you want to go to the zen center bro and (laughs) Saturday night. <laughs> <Hey>, yikes. <laughs> yes. 
But it's so true though, right? Like, you know, because I agree with that. Like, I'm probably the most spiritual person I know. And like, not because like, you know, I'm wearing mala beads every day and, you know, um, (laughs) walking around with dreadlocks or whatever, but because (laughs) I do like literally like before I sat down to talk to you guys today, I was like, all right, God, what Uh are we going to, what are we going to do on here today? You know, for sure. like everything, like sitting down with the spot, see, all right, God, she's yours. What are we going to do with her today? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's something I never thought I would do is like literally everything I do run it past God. Right. Yeah. Just, when you're just like pulling out of the driveway and you stop and you're just like, okay, all right, God, show yes. me how to show me how to be helpful. Please direct my thinking. Show me how to bring harmony at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> is, and like, then you're just like, like uh, who am I? <laughs> I went from I, I like a, I say I say this line often, but uh, you know, before Alcoholics Anonymous, if I said the word God, it was preceded by an expletive. Yes. And now I'm the asshole that when I'm driving down the road, if the Ray LaMontagne song comes on, where it's like you are the best thing, I'm literally in tears because I'm thinking about my higher power. I'm not joking. Like that I don't song even comes know what that on. Is. And I, dude, it's such a beautiful song, but um, I sing it out and I think I'm like, this is as close as I'm ever going to be to like a Christian in a church, like singing <laughs> some like choir songs or whatever. But I'm like driving down the road, 80 miles an hour, just, just feeling the power of God <laughs> flow through me. And it's the fucking most beautiful thing ever. And I'm a big dork about it. But um, the, that power saved my life. Yes. And it is, uh, you know, we've all said it, like it's an honor and it's a privilege, um, you know, today to serve. And and exactly what we were talking about, Flo, it's like, the more I give the power, the better my life gets. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and how uh, can I not be passionate and gra- and show gratitude yeah. towards that power because right. of all the things that it's done, right? Right. It's like, you know, I, I just can't, like, I've been like that, like in meditation, just bawling, crying, like, I don't deserve this life. You know what I mean? My life is so fucking amazing. How did I ever get here? And I'll just be doing nothing and that will over overcome me. And like, I'll just start crying. Like, how did I get to be this lucky? Because so many people fucking die from this disease, right? Mm -hmm. How did I get so lucky to get the program and actually fucking be here? You Mm -hmm. know? So 12 questions. With our guest, Flo. How long did it take you to do the steps? Um, that's a good question. It was a few months. I had a few different sponsors in the beginning and got a little delayed in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the entirety of the answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do mine unless you're done. <laughs> nope, go. Okay. Um, what's the longest you've seen someone push off completing a fourth step and still get through all 12 and recover? Hmm. Pushing off a fourth step's not really an option in my world. Like, it's like we go through the directions of doing the fourth step and we set a date to meet to do the fifth step and we do it or we don't. Like, if, if you're not doing it, then, like, you've made a decision to no longer work with me mm-hmm. at that point. Like, I've... I guess I've just never seen anyone put like we usually get it done within one or two weeks and then we're we're doing the fifth step. Nice. Yeah. Uh when did you feel the nearness of your creator? Mm. You know, um it was some years in sobriety. Um 
I feel like the beginning I was doing just enough to get along and like that obsession to drink was removed from me early on. Um, but I didn't truly get that nearness of my creator until I was probably three years in this program. Hmm. How many stories have you read from the back of the book? In early sobriety, I read all of them. All of them? Yep. Was Did you have trouble going to sleep at night or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would, yes, I would literally be up to like two o'clock in the morning reading stories in the back of the book. We've heard that it's, uh, it's prescribed by sponsors as like a way to fall asleep. I love it. Yeah, so. it's definitely not an aphrodisiac. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no kidding. <laughs> it's not like raw raw oysters or whatever. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's more of a hypnotic than an aphrodisiac. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay, tell me what you think the best AA slogan is and defend it. And defend it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Okay. Why? Why? Um, because the program works if you work it. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's actually true. I mean, I think it I is think true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think the issue is the metric ton of information left out. It's usually the yes. problem. <laughs> I mean, it's I more true than don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> or, or as we've discovered recently, think, think, think. Oh, God. Wow. Yes. Yeah, Should have like, chosen that one. I, I could even... talk for an hour on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. When was the last time you heard someone's fist step? Um, let's see. About three weeks ago. Nice. I probably heard five of them that week. <laughs> dope yeah that's awesome that's a lot um outside of meeting with a sponsee or preparing to meet with a sponsee how much time have you spent studying the big book all the time the big book is prepping for a sponsee like i am rarely in the book without doing something for a sponsee obviously early in my morning meditation right i read the book every morning um but outside of that it's it's all in preparation for someone else. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you sponsor a ton of people. <laughs> so I do. Yeah. <laughs> What's your idea of the perfect meeting? Perfect meeting. Uh, a meeting where everyone is sharing out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Nice. Tell us why you're better at Alcoholics Anonymous than your husband. <laughs> Is that really one of your questions for oh, you now? No. No. <laughs> but will you leave it in there just for him? <laughs> Does he listen? Oh, God. He'll listen to this one for sure. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> you fucking I don't know better listen. I know, right? That's You're great. listening now, fucker. No kidding. I better listen. Okay. That's, that's funny. How did your sponsor approach you? Hmm. You know, that was not my experience. I sat in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous for quite some time before I realized that there was some sort of sponsorship thing that was supposed to be happening. Hmm. And um, I went and asked a woman. She relapsed within a week. Hmm. And uh, then I started working with someone else. Um, and each of these people, I asked them to be my sponsor. Um, I was never approached like 
hey, you know, yeah. you're new here. Let's talk about this. Um, so, yeah, that's another reason why it took me so long to get the steps done. I had that same kind of thing um, when I first came to AA, where it was just like, dude, hey, guy smoking by a lamp, will you sponsor me? <laughs> it was just like, no, I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is. I certainly don't know how to like go interview sponsors, you know? Yes. Be like, I'm sorry, uh, excuse me, have you had a spiritual awakening as a result mm-hmm. of the 12 steps? Right. Like, I, I, what, I don't know what I'm doing. So you went, you know, it, I, it's so, we talk about it all the time on here. Like you, the tragedy of what, like the reality of sponsorship in a lot of meetings. I mean, it's tragic. People yeah. who have never even done any of the steps, you know, quote, sponsoring people, you yeah. know, let alone all the like rules people give people oh who God. they sponsor. I started on that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I'm so hard on my girls about you need to go search them out. You see someone new in your yeah. freaking home group, you go walk up to them and give them your number, take their number, give them a shout. You know what I mean? Make them feel welcome and sit them down for coffee and see if they qualify to be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't let them sit in that room for two months trying to figure it out. Exactly. Because the The people who are not carrying the solution have no problem being loud about their lack of a solution for the new people. Yep. The, the people who are confused about how to do this, um, it's frustrating because everything you need to know is in the first 164 pages of the book. And it's so clear. And the almost all of it is about how to help the next person. None of my sponsees, myself included when I got sponsored and none of my sponsees, um, it's never uh, about them. This is always about learning how to do this process. So you can go do it with somebody else. If if you're doing it for any other reason, then it's not going to work because at the end you have to, the one through 11 is making a key and 12 is putting it in the fucking thing, putting in the keyhole and turning and opening the door to God. Like that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. 12 is the juice of the program. And and when I hear, you know, we've recently had a few people reach out. um, Well, recently, now hopefully a lot more people will have reached out by the time your <laughs> episode airs but recently we've had a few you're the people last reach episode out. of the season by the way yeah you're you're the yeah. final app um we're closing it out with you and um and and they talked about how like they're in the program or whatever but like by listening to this it kind of like forced them to like look at the book and they've picked out certain things and and one of them even says something to the effect of like and i realize now that the program is in the book <laughs> It's this person is on step tragic. nine. It's tragic. Wow. This person is on step nine. Now, listen, I'm stoked that they're on step nine. I'm stoked that they're sober and I'm stoked For that sure. they're in the fellowship, you know, but how is it that you're on step nine and you're just now discovering through a podcast that the solution to your problem is in a book? It's not wow. a critique against them. Absolutely all. not. Right. At all. Absolutely not. No, I'm and so I only happy. laugh because that's like a laughing at a funeral kind of thing. <laughs> it's not like that's funny. It's not funny, you know? Yes, they got a misrepresentation of what this program is. Yeah. Right. And it, it's sad. It's definitely sad. Like, when I think about my first stint in AA, I guess it would be my second, whatever, and, like, sponsoring people, like, I feel like I owe former sponsees an amends from 20 fucking years ago. Absolutely. For, for sponsoring them. But only being able to give them, you know, information on steps one through nine and step 12. Yeah. 
like 10 and 11, I had no experience with, and I don't know what happened there, you know? Um, but all I do know is that like, I definitely did not pass any information or experience or knowledge on to anyone about mm-hmm. 10 and 11. And I feel like those two are a huge, huge, mm-hmm. uh, line of demarcation between people who live recovered and people who do not. And, and in my experience, people who are like active in 11 every morning and night are just on a, a different life experience than people who are not. It's a totally different thing. Even people who I know who've been through the 12 steps, but like the, the, the people who are kind of like frequently floundering, it's a different thing. It's, I never talk to one of those people who I know sponsors people and stuff who's not who's free, who's like frequently floundering and struggling with different things in life. Who's not doing what Fred was saying earlier. Well, I got one down and now I'm just going to live in 12. I'm going to be a sponsorship machine and I'm just like a junkie for sponsorship. And it's like, there's these other two steps mm-hmm. for daily life that can really help you get rid of self and fill back up with God to go be more effective in 12. And like the fact that I didn't pass any of that to people that I sponsored, it like it makes me like bite my fist. I'm just like, God, I can't. I I hope I cross cross paths with these people, so that I can have a discussion with them. You know, absolutely. It, you know, that's the thing that's beautiful about sponsorship is like it keeps me accountable to doing 10, 11, and twelve because I can't go tell these girls yeah. to go do it if I'm not doing mm-hmm. it. So I absolutely. have to be on my game. For sure. <laughs> can you imagine if you had a chef? who was like cranking out really good food, but just never looked at the orders. <laughs> right. Like that would work for a little while because your food's really good, but eventually people are going to be like, well, but I don't want the fucking fried chicken today. I want, I wanted, I wanted the meatloaf. I ordered the fucking yeah. meatloaf. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm a, it's like, um, you know, we talked about it with Clarence. It's like this idea of like build a relationship with a, a partner and then don't talk to him for six months. <laughs> And right? see how your relationship's going, you know? Go to work and don't talk to your boss for six months and see how long you have that job, you know? Um, but go out in the world and just think you're doing what you want, what your boss wants you to do. You you know, we have to constantly be coming back to this um, to our employer and checking in and being like, am mm-hmm. I on the right track? Should I keep going? Like, you know, most jobs have at least quarterly reviews, you know, like uh, <laughs> we should, and like, uh, you know, that's like on a, on a big scale, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, most people are talking to their bosses every day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it's crazy to think that you're, you know, if this is your job now that you're not going to be checking in with your boss. Um, and then I think the second part of that exactly to, to John's point is so much of this is thought of, we hear so much about prayer, in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so much is is pushed towards us talking to God, mm-hmm. but we hear so little about the listening. Yep. Bingo. And it's the same thing. It's like, go have a relationship, go build a beautiful relationship with a partner. And then every time they talk, interrupt them. <laughs> and just you talk again about what you need, even if the thing you think you need is to help them. Yeah. Yes. Never listen though. Never listen. And see how long that relationship lasts. You know, it's the same idea. It's like we can be out there um thinking we're doing all this great stuff when in actuality we're like <laughs> causing all kinds of wreckage again. Well, know? I think some of that boils down to like the perception of like, well, I'm taking the actions. I'm out there in the action. I'm right. sponsoring, I'm grabbing guys, I'm seeking people out or whatever. And it's like yep. okay. 
there might be a misunderstanding about 10 and 11 because that's a shitload of action in 10 and 11. A mm-hmm. shitload of action. That's where, right between 10 and 11 in the book, page 85, this is a spiritual program of action. You know? And like, yeah, before I lived in the disciplines of 10 and 11 daily, I didn't have any kind of conception of prayer and meditation being an action, being something mm-hmm. that I had to take right. action to do, that I had yeah. to go further, you know? I, did, I didn't have that until I had a working experience with it in my life. Okay. Um, Bill or Bob? Bill. All day long. I so relate to him. Nice. 100%. 100%. That's why you and Agent X are such good friends. Exactly. Fucking love her. Yeah, she's dope. <laughs> um, so you can give your answer in both COVID and non-COVID times. How many meetings do you attend weekly? Um, so pre COVID, I had one home group meeting a week and two treatment center meetings a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now I have two zoom meetings per week. Nice. Yes. So, uh, what is the most important word in step one? Powerless. I would agree. I mean, without even thinking about it, boom. <laughs> is that a thing people say there? Do they say that little party trick. So there's a there's another thing that people say. Have you heard it? No. Okay, yeah, yeah, she didn't know what I was talking about at all. They say we Yes, the treatment centers do that. <laughs> yeah, yes. <okay>. because <laughs> we can't do this alone, right? Yes. Yes. And I always That's... say, well tell that poor motherfucker in 1950, yes, who was out as a roving Yeah. Traveling salesman that they reference, you know, in the book, who was literally doing this shit alone, right? And he's like, uh, "What about me, guys?" <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, I mean, page one sixty-four. Right. Know? Page exactly. one sixty-four is talking to people that the the writers say, like, "Hey, we we may never meet you. I right. think we will cross paths if you." get on this spiritual path, surely we're going to bump into each other because we're doing this groovy thing and we're saving, we're helping save lives from a hopeless condition, right? Mm -hmm. So like implicit in that is people we don't know are going to recover by picking up this book and doing what it says. Right. Yep. Without ever meeting anyone. Yep. Um, Okay. Bonus question. Um, How would you define 13th stepping? 13th stepping. Um... Uh, people who are preying on the newcomers, dating in the rooms, man. Yeah. Some some of these answers are very businesslike. Very businesslike. <laughs> <laughs> from a per- from a person we both very much enjoy hearing speak at length. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for doing this. I hope hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Heck yeah, man. This is fun. Ultimately, it's all, it's all about me and how much I enjoyed it. Obviously, <laughs> Exactly, right? <laughs> it's, always, it's always about John. Thank you for uh, being our season finale. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Nice. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thank Tell you. Tell that husband of yours that we miss him. <laughs> awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You're welcome, guys. We'll see you soon. See you all on Wednesday. Yep. All, right, all right. Bye. See you. Bye.
all involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.